Today on The Wisdom Journey, Stephen continues through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had the unpleasant experience of being rejected for speaking the truth. Has that ever happened to you? It seems as if there's always a cost to following the Lord. We can learn much from Jeremiah's life, trials, and struggles about dealing with that reality. Today's lesson from Jeremiah 11 through 15 is called Swimming Upstream, Standing Alone. My missionary parents always encouraged my brothers and me to stand uh, for the truth, even if it meant standing alone. They often repeated the parable that any dead fish can float downstream, but it takes a live one to swim upstream against the current. Well, that's never easy. If you're a Christian today, there's probably something going on in your life right now that requires you to swim upstream. In fact, you've discovered by now, perhaps, that following the Lord isn't always easy. Beloved, he never promised us smooth sailing, but he did promise us a safe landing and strength along the way. Now, for the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord is about to lead him into a storm with high winds and and rough water. He's going to face angry, hateful people, physical threats, and discomfort. In fact, he reminds me a little bit of George Whitfield, who preached during the great revivals of the 1700s. Thousands would gather to hear him, but it wasn't unusual for people to become so angry with his preaching, his message, that they would take rotten eggs even rocks, and throw them at him, even knocking him down uh, at different times. There were times when Whitfield feared for his life. And I can tell you, beloved, that after pastoring now for several decades, I, I personally have never had anybody throw anything at me while I preached. I've never had anybody throw a rotten egg or a rock at me. Maybe that's why my ministry is not nearly as effective as George Whitfield's. I have had people walk out on me, and I've received a a lot of angry letters, but I've never faced an angry mob. Well, Jeremiah's ministry is going to experience all of that and more. Now, the Lord calls Jeremiah to swim against the current of his culture, and he's going to suffer physical threats, ridicule, and hatred from the very people he loves. Chapter 11, now the Lord speaks to Jeremiah here in verse 2. Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Cursed be the man who does not hear the words of this covenant that I commanded your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now, the timing of this message more than likely coincides with King Josiah rediscovering the book of the law of Moses. That discovery led Josiah to institute wonderful reforms in bringing the nation back to obeying the covenant with God. However, and quite sadly, his attempts didn't bring genuine revival. Well, Jeremiah's preaching didn't uh, bring genuine revival either. In fact, the Lord tells Jeremiah here in verse 10, they have turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words. They've gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant. 
As a result, God says here in verse 11, I am bringing disaster upon them that they cannot escape. Though they cry to me, I will not listen. Now, at this point, we catch a glimpse of what it meant for Jeremiah uh, to swim upstream. There's now a plot against his life, verse 19 tells us. And and frankly, this must have hurt him deeply. We're told here in verse 21 that the people uh, of Anathoth, that's his own hometown. Well, they're part of the plot. So these are Jeremiah's people. He he really should have been a hometown hero, but they hate him instead. Maybe you're facing something similar today. Perhaps your parents Your children, maybe a childhood friend, they don't want anything to do with you because you are a follower of God. In fact, it seems they hate you because of it. Well, Jeremiah is hurt by all of this. And he says to the Lord here in chapter 12 and verse 1, Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why Why do all who are treacherous thrive? Well, maybe you're wondering the same thing today. Why do the wicked people around you seem to have it better in life than than you do? You're the one serving the Lord. Why do you experience hatred and they experience popularity? Well, in essence, God is telling Jeremiah that the two of them are, are working on different timetables. God's calendar is different from Jeremiah's. The 19th century hymn writer and pastor Phillips Brooks was once uh, visited by a friend who found Brooks pacing around his study. Uh, The friend asked him what the trouble was, and Brooks said, well, the trouble is uh, that I am in a hurry, and God is not. (laughs) Well, even the great prophet Jeremiah is having to learn what every one of us has to learn and repeatedly learn, how how to wait for God. Well, here in the the final verses of chapter 12, Jeremiah is now given a a, a vision far into the future when God gathers a repentant and a restored nation to their promised land. Now, of course, this is looking forward to the future millennial kingdom when Jesus rules and reigns from the land of Israel. So in, in chapter 13, Jeremiah begins preaching messages through object lessons to communicate this future truth, and and this no doubt is going to grab the attention of his audience. God tells Jeremiah here in verse 1, Go out and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist. Now, loincloth was an undergarment worn next to the skin, and Jeremiah wears it for a while, and then God tells him in verse 4, well, now he's to go out and and bury it in the dirt uh, under some rocks. Well, Jeremiah obeys, and then many days later, the Lord tells him to go and and dig it up, retrieve it. So Jeremiah digs it up, and then he writes here in verse 7, the loincloth was spoiled, and it was good for nothing. Well, this loincloth was a symbol of the nation. In fact, the Lord's going to spell it out here now in verse 10. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart, They shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. The Lord adds in verse 23, Can the Ethiopian change the color of his skin or the leopard his spots? In other words, people can become so entrenched in idolatry, in sinful lifestyles, that nothing's going to change their minds. Nothing is going to to change their hearts. 
In fact, the rest of chapter 13 now and all of chapter 14 gives us the details of God's judgment toward the people who refuse to repent. God takes special note, by the way, of these so-called prophets. They've been running around telling the people that God isn't going to do anything about their idolatry. In fact, their words recorded here in chapter 14 and verse 13 give the essence of their false prophecies. You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Well, God makes it clear in verse 14 what they're doing. The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying the deceit of their own minds. Let me tell you, beloved, false prophets are still in business today. They're making up things in their own minds, and, and they're doing it all in God's name. But God has not spoken to them, and he isn't speaking through them. Their visions are, are, are created in their own self-deceived minds as they lead people astray. Well, can you imagine being Jeremiah here? I mean, you talk about swimming upstream. He's the only prophet telling the people the truth. And, and what a heartbreak for him, too, by the way. He's preaching to people knowing they've rejected God for the last time. What about you? Are you rejecting God's invitation? You know, this, this program today might be God's final invitation to you. I, I don't know the mind of God, but let me tell you, I, I, I don't want you to risk your eternal future. If your heart is pricked and your conscience is troubled by your sinful lifestyle, well, that's a, that's a good thing. That means the door's still open. Walk through it. Give your heart Give your life to Jesus Christ and do it now. Put your faith in him. Do that today. Do that right now before the judgment of God on your life becomes irreversible. But if you're a believer today, well, let's become a little bit more like Jeremiah. Let's be faithful in sharing God's word, even if people reject uh, our messages, even if somebody throws something rotten at you. You, you may not have to dodge an egg, but you're, you're more than likely going to have to endure some unkind words. Just continue swimming upstream as you faithfully follow the Word of God. Well, until our next Wisdom Journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was a lesson from Jeremiah 11 through 15 that Stephen entitled, Swimming Upstream, Standing Alone, here on The Wisdom Journey. I'm really glad that you found us and that you're listening to these lessons as Stephen travels through the Bible. Don't forget that there's a video version of these lessons as well. Subscribe to the Wisdom International YouTube channel to watch these daily lessons. Come back next time as we continue the wisdom journey.